The Secrets of Star Wars is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. I am Emily Swallow, also known as the Armorer on The Mandalorian. And I'm just giving a little shout out to the Secrets of Star Wars podcast because this is the way. You're listening to The Secrets of Star Wars. Hello there. It's a power that Jedi have that lets them control people and make things float. Impressive. Every word in that sense was wrong. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. This station is now the ultimate power in the universe. I find your lack of faith disturbing. It's against my programming to impersonate a deity. That's not how the Force works. Force is with me, and I am with the Force, and I fear nothing. Remember... The Force will be with you, always. Hey everyone, I'm Thomas Enhero, and you're listening to The Secrets of Star Wars, where we talk about everything connected to that galaxy far, far away, including the deeper themes and meanings. And this week, we're going to be doing a something a little bit different. So you'll notice that Father Andrew is here, but he is not in the host seat <laughs> this week because he said to me, I don't know, man, this seems like more your thing. <laughs> and um, so that's that's cool. I'm good with it. Uh, I know we've mentioned over the last few weeks that we were going to be doing uh, an RPG uh, version of Star Wars. So I just wanted to uh, give kind of an introduction of that. But before I do, I want to say... Welcome, Father Andrew. It's good to have you. <laughs> it is. I'm excited to be here. This is this is my first experience of anything regarding tabletop RPGs. Um, awesome. I've done I've done the video game RPGs a lot, but but this is the first time kind of tabletop. So I'm I'm super excited for this. That's cool. Yeah, I love I love taking people from that spot where they've never done a tabletop RPG before, especially if they're used to the video games and doing the mm-hmm. tabletop RPG, because the first thing you ask is like, well, what do I do? Because I yep. think in, in, in an RPG in a video game, it's kind of obvious, you know, you have like a certain set of skills that you have to follow and things like that. And, and the thing about these is that there's really nothing. There's no script to it. I'm, I'm going to just kind of throw a very general outline of what we're going to do out there. Mm. And then you guys are going to help tell the story from there. And so it, it feels great. It's like a really cool thing. And I think I have a really good uh, story set up for us. So uh, we'll be doing that now. It's not just going to be me, me and Father Andrew. Uh, we're going to have, pull in the other guys as well. It's just that we couldn't get everybody on the show. And I'm actually kind of happy about that because this is going to make it a lot less confusing, I think, for the listener to kind of walk through one character building process instead of the whole character building process for, for everybody that's involved. So I'm, I'm super excited and I'm looking forward to it. Um, now, before we get started, you, so you've had no exposure to tabletop RPGs at all. Other than hearing about it. So, I mean, I know some of the, the generic kind of like uh, the terms, like I've heard, you know, of a dungeon master and, and okay. um, you know, I, so I, I kind of, I know some of those roles, uh, but I've never experienced it. I've never watched it. Um, I know, um, I think there's uh, uh critical, is it critical role? Critical role. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. so like I know of them, but I've, I've, yeah, I, I am coming at this with, <laughs> very little uh very little experience or knowledge so excellent i love it i i, I am i am a i'm a tabletop evangelist this is one of the things that i really <laughs> <Perfect>. love doing <laughs> so you guys are in good hands <laughs> um the the system we're going to use is one that's a little different than what it, even if you're a, a person who knows tabletop so if you're a listener who's uh done tabletop rpgs you 
probably haven't done this system. It's a it's a lesser known system, but I really love it. Uh, the system itself is called the Burning Wheel, and uh, it's made by this guy named Luke Crane and a few other uh, guys that have worked with him on it. It's a very small team. They have two books. And that's it. And so, you know, like if you get into Dungeons and Dragons, one of the first things you notice is that they have these gigantic tomes that you have to buy. And then you have to get into all these uh, adventure modules and everything. And they're always coming out with new books. These guys uh, do not write much of that stuff. (laughs) So and the books that they have are lovely, too. So if you really if you like what we're doing and you wanted to go check it out, it's called The Burning Wheel. uh, And we'll make sure to put a link up for you guys so that you can uh, check it out. but we're going to do a sort of sideways version of it because we want to do Star Wars. We're not just going to do a generic uh, RPG, which is kind of what Burning Wheel does. It keeps it really generic. So there's another set of guys on the Discord server that for uh, for Burning Wheel that have gone through and created this Star Systems is what they call it. And it's this guy, uh, these guys, Joel and Greg Young. And it's a fantastic play off of what uh, the Burning Wheel is. And the primary reason that I picked this one is because a lot of RPGs, they tend to be like very tactical. And so you need like if anybody's seen Critical Role, watching Critical Role is a lot better than listening to it because you can see them move their characters around on the board and you see how the tactics play out. And so that's that's Dungeons and Dragons style stuff. Whereas this game is much more of like a collective storytelling game. And so part of what we're going to do tonight in making uh making the character here is that you guys as as I, i'm gonna make the characters with the other two guys uh off the podcast so they'll get a little bit of input too but you guys are going to tell me what kind of story you want to play so i'm going to set up the big picture and then you get to make your character and in, and part of making that character is you tell me what the story that you want to tell of that character is so if you think about it like the mandalorian is a great example as the show it's the story is about, oh, this Mandalorian that has to go and retrieve this uh, bounty. And the bounty, the larger story is the bounty is Grogu and mm-hmm. how he fits in everything. But the story that the Mandalorian's telling the character or the player who's playing the Mandalorian, he's got some specific stuff that he wants to deal with. Like, who is this guy? How does his foundling nature fit along with his being a Mandalorian? And so it shapes the story as you go along in a different way than just the overarching, here's the whole story that we're going to tell. So I know you were having some trouble picking like what kind of, uh, <laughs> what kind of, uh, what, which one of the species you wanted to be for, yep. for the star Wars. So did you settle on something in that? So I, I did. So I am. Um, <laughs> so I have this wonderful book called the new essential guide to um, chronology droids and alien species and actually it's a pre-disney thing but a lot of the the characters and stuff all come through um it's one of those really handy reference reference uh material books that uh yeah it's just it's full of a lot of information um and so i was just perusing through those uh the alien species and um two jumped out at me and i think i settled on one and the two that jumped out on me out at me were the um the boffins and the chiss and I settled with the Chiss just because I have a huge affinity for <laughs> Grand Admiral Thrawn. So um, I didn't want to be just a human because, I mean, it's it's uh, this is kind of meant to get me out of my skin, if you will. 
and Great. and into into something else. Um, I mean, I think it's going to be difficult for me to to kind of not have or to if I need I need my character to match a lot of my own kind of interior kind of thought processes anyway. But um, yeah, so Chiss is my choice for a for species. Cool. Yeah, I like that you're uh, pushing yourself outside of your comfort zone. I think that's going to be that's going to be good. Doing something new and doing something new inside of the new thing is good. I'm mm. going to have to figure out how to fit you in as a chiss. So that'll be that'll be double interesting, but I think it'll work. So <laughs> perfect. Um, yeah. So w- what I wanted to do, I was my my son was my son and I were talking back and forth about this and he's been helping me kind of plan for it and get ready cuz he's super into this system and and loves the fact that we're going to do like a a podcast version of an RPG, of a tabletop RPG. Um and so before I get into talking about too much of the rules, I want to kind of set the big picture and the specific scenario that we're going to be running in. And the way he told me I had to do it was like reading a scrawl on, at the beginning of a Star Wars movie. So I had to write it. <laughs> totally appropriate. Like yep. <laughs> and so so I, I wrote it like that. So I'm going to I'm going to read it through and uh, and then at, that'll kind of get your juices flowing. And then we'll start explaining some of the system and how how everything works. So here's our, here's our opening crawl for our star Wars story. It is a time of strife as the galactic empire continues swallowing independent planets and outliers in it's increasingly bureaucratic grasp. The evil Sith Lord, Darth Vader travels the galaxy with his newly founded league of inquisitors, eliminating the last of the Jedi who escaped order 66. It seems that no world can stand the oncoming of the Imperial forces. The specific scenario is that Bail Organa has sent out a diplomatic mission to one of the last holdouts of Federation space in an attempt to extract a necessary element of his budding idea of rebellion. But blockade runs are never an easy endeavor. (laughs) That's fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) So I think it's going to be a fun scenario. I'm looking forward to it. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, and I've got it. Yeah, it'll, it'll. Yeah, I don't want to. I'm not going to give away anymore. That's it. That's your big picture in your scenario, <laughs> and um, we'll work on making our characters from there. Um, so to give you a little bit of of, of the background of how this um, how this game works is this game is about making characters that have a set of beliefs that they want to follow, and so we're going to try and keep it as close to this scenario as we can. So something, something in this scenario, you know, something about the Federation worlds being swallowed up, something about Bail Organa sending you on a mission, uh, something about possibly starting a rebellion, uh, something in those needs to kind of be reflected in your character's beliefs. So why are they involved in this mess? And they can have other stuff. So they're going to, they're going to have three beliefs basically. But but one of those beliefs really kind of needs to center around, uh, you know, what what we're doing specifically here. And this uh, this game actually doesn't use any of the fancy dice. So we're just going to use uh, six sided dice okay. for this one. So you don't have to have a, a special set of dice or anything like that, which is nice because then we don't have to worry about that whole mess either. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but uh the way that this game works is you challenge those beliefs. You take that character and you put them into situations where those beliefs become challenged. So that, you know, if a character believes that they, uh, that they need to overthrow the, the prince of the local area, then anytime they see a chance to overthrow the prince of the area, they need to take it. And that might be detrimental to, 
you know, what they're currently doing or mm-hmm. to their health <laughs> or their well-being, depending on how they go about it. And in doing that, they gain uh, personality points like Artha or uh, personality or deed points. And those allow them then to advance their skills. So rather than leveling up in your traditional RPG sense, uh, you do something sort of heroic that's beyond your capabilities. And then you spend that extra, in this case, force power, basically, to advance yourself beyond what you're capable of. And then that allows you to advance your skills. So in a long-term campaign, you know, you want to keep building up those those difficulties for yourself because then it gives you more points to spend to advance your character more and so on. Um, so what we're going to do here is make a character from the ground up. And we're talking about a, a time period that's about uh, 15 years after the start of the Empire. Mm-hmm. So the Empire's come and we're pre-Rogue One, uh, kind of in that, you know, Bail Organa has started to get the idea of fomenting a rebellion. He's started to build some of those things together. And so what we need to do is build a character from sometime before the rise of the Empire. You're going to pick how they were born and then move them along the scale up to where they are right now. And the way we do that is by picking life paths for them. And so uh, these galactic life paths are basically tell the story of how this character came to be. And so you kind of have to think about, you know, like, what do you want? What do you want this character's background to be? And the, they're, they're split up into several different groups. So there's like a spacefaring setting where you have been part of an explorer group of some kind. There's the monastic setting, which is sort of like the, the Jedi, uh, the Jedi order. You were born into it. You've been raised into it. There's the fringe setting, so you're part of the outworld, uh, you know, groups like coming from Tatooine or or possibly beyond the, the unknown regions, the unknown regions, <laughs> right? <laughs> and then um, there's the the glittering spire setting, which is sort of uh, like if you've come from the very center of the galaxy. So if you were part of not not in the Jedi Order, but part of Coruscant or uh, you know one of the areas that's really central to the entire. Um, the entire galaxy. Uh, and then there's the sunless depths, which I think I was going through this when I was trying to figure out where they were pulling it from, but it's, uh, and I, and I think it's one of those settings that's sort of specific to an older property. And I wasn't really able to pick up on it. Was there a book called sunless depths or something like that? They were not that I'm aware of. Okay. Well, and then there's the palace setting, there's a servant and servitude setting. So all of these kind of, you can flip back and forth between them. There's also a military setting, uh, which that could be an interesting one to kind of slide into for your character as well. Um, And and it doesn't have to be that you've always been with the rebellion or something like that. So you could start off and then move into the the empire. You didn't like the way the empire was doing things and you ran to Bail Organa and now you're you're working for Bail. So we're going to try and do... Uh, a four life path character. So we're going to pick four uh, life paths that you've gone through. So it'll be a birth. So you have to kind of tell how your character was born, what their childhood was like, what their young adulthood was like, and then moving into that uh, adulthood phase. That So as a teen and then as a young adult, where are you right now? So just to give, just to give the <laughs> listeners a kind of a... a, 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 a 
thought of what's going on here uh, when we're looking and, I, and I'll, I'll link all these uh, documents too. So I'll, I'll share all these documents because they are open documents uh, and I'll share them so that so people can read along with us if they'd like to. But if, as you're looking at it, basically what you're picking is like in the space fairing setting, there's a life path that's called born adrift, which means that you were just born on a ship on a spaceship somewhere. And that's the first 10 years of your life is represented by that. And it gives you a couple of different skills and tells you where you can go. So the leads are kind of like where you can go. So you can go into the fringe setting. You can go into the sunless depth setting or the servitude setting. So something happened to you from that spacefaring setting that moved you on then. And you were looking at the... Uh, I was looking at the, the, the fringe because uh, I think that that would be most appropriate. Yeah. Uh, the, I feel like my brain is a sponge right now trying to, <laughs> trying to gather kind of, it all. Yeah. Um, well, I think that's cool. Like if you do that, uh, or you could, you could do the space fair too, where you, where you're born on the, like born on a ship. So that, that actually might long. be more appropriate because my, my, my thinking at least for, for, um, and this is where I definitely would like your, your help and input too, in, in figuring this out in order for a chiss to be, involved in galactic affairs um it actually probably wouldn't be appropriate for my character to have been born on on sila the the home planet right and raised like within the culture because they are very notorious about you know protecting their borders and not getting involved and mm -hmm. you know so <clears throat> so it would make sense for my character to maybe be like i don't know his 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 parents uh are adventurers and they sort of broke away from the um the chis ascendancy and have kind of gone on a independent sort of uh life path i like it so i think it works i so i mean i think that that would so so the born adrift is probably the um the and, and I, in my mind i was thinking pilot for his like skills anyway so that okay. actually kind of fits as well so i would probably say born adrift there Okay. Is is an appropriate uh, starting point for my character. All right. So there you go. Okay. So then I would say, so let's take that. And actually, we've got the first three kind of built for us. If we move for a pilot, if you look down uh, through the life paths, there's a star pilot um, specific life path. And it requires a spacer and any other pilot type life path or the sworn to the order trait. So... We could do Born Adrift and then Spacer. And what is Spacer? Spacer. Uh, oh, that's another. A, I see. It's, it's, it's in the life It's in the document. Space fairing. Yeah. So then Spacer gives you another five years and it's spaceport wise, hauling, jargon. You've got the skill of drinking odd jobs wise. <laughs> and then you can pick a general point too. So you know how to, you know how to hold your own with other people that are uh, just living in a spaceport. <laughs> Perfect. Okay. So yeah. So spacer. And then we could throw, you could either do star pilot or you could run. Um, you could do, do a star pilot, pilot. Or, or you could do freelance pilot or you could go into the military. I think because I think with Spacer, we can jump out into the military. Yeah. So Spacer has a lead to the military life path. So you could do the Born Adrift Spacer and then we could take one from the military that's a pilot and that's where you get your piloting skills and then come back out to 
you didn't like you ended up not liking the military you have the same rebellious streak that your parents did <laughs> <laughs> and came back yeah that that could work all all out in the uh uh the chis ascendancy or the unknown regions i guess because mm-hmm. yeah i mean he wouldn't join the military of the empire obviously right so um so it looks like we're gonna have to grab you this sworn to the order trait at some point in here because that seems to be the most common way to move into piloting and is that i'm i'm not seeing where that is is that in the it's, space variant? it'll be later it, it, oh, we'll, okay. we'll make sure that we get it uh tied in but it's uh it's a specific trait that you can that you can take and it's it says, henceforth you swear to abide in the instruction of your master to set aside all material concerns. This is actually a, uh, a Jedi order uh, mm-hmm. promise. Oh, that's interesting. Is that I, don't, a, I don't know. If, I don't know if I like that. I don't think I want you to be a Jedi. Yeah, yet. is and that? Let's, um, let's avoid that. So I'll, we can just put you into a pilot. We'll we'll just say that you get picked up as a spacer. You have some skills as a pilot, so you become a military pilot. And that'll work. What about the the freelance pilot? Because that, I mean, not that not that the military is a is a wrong path, but I'm yeah, you can do I'm that. Thinking, too, I'm to. thinking more <laughs> fly casual. <laughs> there you go. Say. You got the you got the Han style uh, style of flight. Okay, that works. But, we can do but that also. Style. I mean, that also gives him a reason for like you know if he's if he's being hired to to ferry people, mm-hmm. <laughs> glorified chauffeur, right? Um. That would give him give give my character a, a reason to be traveling um, into the into the to, to the galaxy. Oh, here no here's so here's how we'll do it. We'll do it this way because I see what Star Pilot says now. So Star Star Pilot is saying so you got born adrift and then spacer, mm-hmm. and then you'll do Star Pilot and freelance pilot, and that'll be your four life paths right there. And so then the story that we're telling is that for ten years you were floating around in space with your family. Yeah, whatever, whatever they were doing. And then for the next five years, you kind of worked as a spaceport. You know, you you learned how to how to pull your own weight rather mm-hmm. than just kind of hanging with them. And then you learned that you really like piloting. So you became a star pilot. And from there, you decided to go off on your own and yep. a freelance pilot as well. So that's good. I like that. That works. Yeah. All right, so to avoid all of the mechanical, like we're going to add everything in, because <laughs> because that that gets that gets a little it, it gets a little tedious to to kind of listen to. But what you do basically in this setting or in this game is it has a list of skills that come with each of the different uh, life paths that you have. So you can actually calculate your um, your birth years from the years from the set of years that it says each one of these life paths takes, and then. Uh, you're going to get the skills and traits that go along with those life paths. So we'll do some of the, some of the mechanical stuff uh, in a little bit with the traits at least and the skills you'll kind of have to pick up as you go through. So for example, with born adrift, you have a two point linguistic skill and two points in the, in just general skills. So you can pick two different languages that you know, and then you can pick like two just general skills that you have. So they don't have to be, related to anything specific they're just what whatever you did you know whatever your parents had you do while you were uh hanging out in the back of the ship and then the spacer 
you get five points distributed amongst the spaceport wise hauling jargon drinking or odd jobs wise and then one general point so you can take uh like yeah one two three four so you can take all five of those or you can take three out of the five and you can give one be just be really good at one of them particularly and then with the traits you pick up the trait of seen it all there so you've been everywhere and kind of like <laughs> nothing phases you <laughs> you're not gonna be surprised by anything it's like oh yeah yeah that, that happened this one time on <laughs> on whatever i'll, I'll be one of those sitting around at the cantina telling stories and exactly that's perfect that's, <laughs> that's, that's exactly what the space is for and then um then as star pilot you'll get six points to distribute amongst your pilot or helmsman transmission scopes navigation wonders of the galaxy wise uh perils of the void wise or perplexing phenomena wise. Now the wises are like things that you know something about. So you know something about the wonders of the galaxy, or okay. you know something about the perils of the void. Um, so uh... where that would come into play is like, if you guys get into trouble where, you, you know, you're on the ship and there's a hole, a, a hole has opened up in the hull, and you have to do something about it. You can, not only can you help do something about it, but then you can pull that, wise in to say oh yeah i know something about perils of the void we're gonna need to cover ourselves with something as we go into this room because you know it's dangerous to to walk into an airlock like that and that that would be that how those uh play into the character okay and then you get the superstitious trait of course which is awesome so I want you to pick something like the fuzzy dice. <laughs> oh, sure. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'll need, I'll need that on, on, on my dashboard. Exactly. <laughs> Perfect. A chess hula dancer. Yeah. I, I, I hope Timothy Zahn isn't like, you know, <laughs> listening and <laughs> it's like, what are you doing to my chess? Stop it. No, there's, there, there is a running gag about tabletop gamers that they all begin like the, um, the dungeon or they, they all begin like the Lord of the Rings characters and they oh, all yeah. end like the Monty Python characters. So, <laughs> Just beware. Many uh, jokes will be made. <laughs> perfect. Well, and I think that's that that's part of the fun of this too, is that I mean you're we're drawing from from Star Wars lore, but we're kind of making it our own. Yes. And and we're we're not doing it to to make fun of the the lore, but we're doing it to to have fun and and get, it's it's another way in which we can play in the sandbox that is Star Wars. Bingo. And that's what I love about it, is that it's so I'll tell you that the two biggest problems I have in playing Star Wars games. Um, one is that there is so much to pull from. Like there's just so much yeah. out there that it's yep. really hard. And, and then, you know, obviously everybody wants to be a Jedi. Everybody wants to be a, so, so limiting that and saying, okay, we're not going to do Jedi from the beginning. We're going to try and do some other stuff. That's not Jedi centric mm -hmm. is, is really good. And then the other problem is like keeping them on track. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> because there's a tendency to go, I have a spaceship. Now I can go anywhere I want to. <laughs> it's like you could. <laughs> yes. But I wrote this whole story. <laughs> yep. So as the game master and that's uh, uh, as the game master, kind of my my job is to give you guys a compelling reason to go to that next thing that you're supposed to be going to quote unquote mm -hmm. and but not to limit it so much that it's like you have to take this next step and then you have to make these next choices and do these next things because my favorite part about sitting on this side of the table and not being a player is when the players surprise me and 
come up with something just completely unique and random that I had not thought of. Um, and then, I, and, and the turn of that is I love doing that to the players too. So yep. <laughs> just be mindful that like, there's going to be some of that, like throwing things at you that you are not expecting. <laughs> Good. Because I tend to be very <laughs> orderly and methodical in how I approach things and do things. So I will, I will appreciate having the curveballs just to, just to have fun with it. Good, good. Excellent. All right. And so then you see down here, freelance pilot, you have, um, you have the haggling marksmanship, transmission scopes, gunnery, lawless sector wise, and mm -hmm. then you get two trait points. And um, some of the other stuff won't make sense right now, but we'll, we'll get into it as we go through uh, kind of building a little more of the character. But what it looks like is you're going to have a character that is 15. So if I calculate it, I'm 25. 25, yeah. So you were, you were around 10 years before the Empire rose, probably yep. just bouncing around in... Um, in distant space, not really part of what was going on. And now you've found yourself wrapped up in this stuff through some of your freelance piloting. Uh, because it's like the last, last 10 years yeah, of your life, basically you've been a pilot. Yep. All right. So that's good. So some, somewhere so in I there, would, it's I would have been like, drying in. I would have been learning about all the space things during the clone wars. Exactly. Okay. So it's fun to have the context. Yeah, it's, it's fun yeah. to have that context. Even though I, I suspect, at least with my character, he would have been far enough removed, um, probably still in the unknown regions, to not really be too affected by it. But still, that's what's going on in the larger galaxy. Mm -hmm. And so then as, as you... And so what we'll have to do is we'll have to work in... I, I would say that probably you are, are part of the blockade run. You are high, you've been hired on to be the pilot for this group, this diplomatic group that's going in to do the blockade run. And then Bale's the one who's, who's hiring. Right. Okay. Okay. So you got, you got yep, an offer you that... couldn't refuse from Bale Organa. <laughs> <laughs> Freelance pilot. I, uh, I'll no job refused. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Perfect. Blockade run. Sure. I can do that. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> All right. And so, so you got that character worksheet and that's kind of, you're going to put in those, those life paths in there and we'll crunch the numbers kind of off, uh, off camera. I just wanted to get our, our general, uh, story started mm -hmm. here, kind of mulling over it and stuff. Um, and basically what that's going to do is that's going to tell you what your character's capable of in the inside of the game. So when you have a, a certain set number of, of skills, so let's say you have like a three in a, in a certain skill, that means that you're going to roll three dice. Uh, to determine whether or not the thing that you said you're going to try and do works. And the the thing I love about this game, this is my, my favorite part of the burning wheel, is that nothing fails. So if you say you're going to do something, you have an intent to do it, and then you go and try and do it, even if you have no successes on your dice, some part of what you determined happens. So let's say, for example, that you wanted to, that your intent is to pick this lock before the guards get here you would go to pick the lock and then you roll and you fail and you get no successes at all well you're still there picking the lock and maybe you get the door open and the guards come around the corner and see you opening the door 
So you've succeeded in picking lock, but now there's a complication that drives yeah. the story forward that you then have to figure out what to do with. And okay. so it's my favorite part about this one because in D&D, &D, it's kind of like if you roll and you don't succeed, it's like, okay, well, you didn't succeed. And, and then where do we go from there? Well, you try again. No. But in this game, it's let it ride. If you don't succeed at it, there's, there's no going back and trying it again unless the situation changes somehow. So once, you, once you've tried it, the story's moving forward and we're just going to keep going with whatever's happening. And so it keeps it from getting kind of stuck on like that one thing. You, we're going to search this room until we find something. Oh, sure. Oh, <clears throat> okay. I mean, if that's what you really want to do with the time that you have. You know? But um, so that's, that's one of the things I like about this. And the, the other thing is um, the, the dice system is really simple. Uh, it's four, five, and six is a success. And one, two, and three is a failure, except in some very extreme cases. And we'll get into those as we talk a little bit more about the system. Probably once we start playing, I'll bring up some of the different ways that you can get those extra uh, bonuses for things. Uh, and the reason that you do that, and I think just, the, just for people who've never played an, uh, an RPG at, at the tabletop, is that there is, no, there is no rule that says what you can and can't do in a tabletop RPG. So we're going to tell a collective story and I'm going to set up a situation, which I've kind of set up this scenario and I'm going to put you in a very specific spot in the scenario when we first start. And then you guys are going to have to make decisions about what you want to do. And there's no, uh, well, I have this set of things that I can click on and it'll, and it'll just happen. It's no, you, you want to go completely off script and do something totally different go for it <laughs> okay that's that's the exciting part is like there's no, nothing there there's no uh you know uh, mechanical boundaries like in a video game where you can't walk right. down this hallway or you know that door won't open if you want to try and open those doors they're there <laughs> and we'll figure out what's behind them together you know <laughs> we'll tell the story of what's going on there so that's that's sort of the, the ins and outs of this and then uh the other thing about it is that we're going to fully flesh out this character so that it has a set of skills that it has this, you know, we've already kind of got this history and I'm, I'm glad because it's kind of marinating there. And then uh, there's going to be some things about it, about this character that it's going to have traits that define who the character is. And so you have to think a little bit about like, you know, Han Solo is that he's, he's always smiling. He's the, the kind of uh, troublesome guy that is a quick talker. And that's what both gets him into a lot of trouble, but also gets him out of it. And mm -hmm. that would definitely be one of his traits. Uh, whereas Chewbacca might have the trait of just very large and imposing. Yeah. But just being very large and imposing, like for Chewbacca, doesn't necessarily make him tough, right? It just makes him large and imposing because he's, he's a big right. baby. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, so that's kind of how we're going to go through and, and pick all of those traits and everything. But the one thing I really wanted to talk to you about on on here, because I think it's the it's the more interesting part of it, is now that you know a little bit about this character's backstory and where he is falling into things, let's talk about what the beliefs should be. And so the beliefs that a character has are three defining things that they believe about themselves and their place in the galaxy. And so kind of going back to, to the original Star Wars characters, uh, Luke, one of his beliefs might be something like, um, 
I'm going to get off this planet and do something great. And that's, that's like his belief when he starts off on Tatooine, right? And so every time he gets into a, a position where he can engage with that belief and do something that advances that belief, then he gains that experience that allows him to, to kind of better himself. And so you see that as he goes through, like, I'm going to get off of this planet and do something great. You see him kind of go and do great things yeah. and push himself beyond his bounds in doing those. Is there a, I mean, does this, does this document have like a list of those kind of things? Or is that, is that something that we're just kind of, we're just, That's we're, we're, we're brainstorming we're and talking yeah. through. <laughs> and this, and okay. part of it is, part of it too, is like, this is what you want. This is the story that you want to tell about this character. So now that you have a little bit of an idea about him, we're going to think okay. through like what you want to say about him. Okay. So, so my, my kind of initial thought would be, um, I've always loved the, just the, I mean, I guess, I guess you could, you could say the hero's journey story of, mm -hmm. you know, someone who, um, kind of comes from a backwater world and gets caught up in things bigger than himself and learns and grows and becomes, becomes the hero. And not that I, I want my character to become the hero, but at least where he's coming from would be a place of, of just being kind of solo and independent. And, um, more than likely there, there's a, you know, he, <laughs> at least the way that, that I've been sort of sitting with this and, and what he's doing, um, you know, he's, probably not looking at the big picture and he's just looking for the next job. And so if he gets hired by Bill Organa, it's not necessarily because he agrees with the, the rebel Alliance, um, but it's because it's the next job. And right. But, but like the, where I want his story to go would be to have his eyes open to the bigger story and, you know, to, to grow in that way, because if he just kind of stays and just job to job, uh, that's not fulfilling for, for me to, to walk through that character either. Right. Okay. So, so one of his beliefs, you could center it around that search for meaning, right? So oh, sure. yeah, that, that would be a good way to kind of push that boundary. Like he's gonna, he's, he's looking for more than just the next job, but then at the same time, he can also have that, that one that's, um, I'll complete any mission that's given to me if the money's good enough. Right. right. And so that could be right. one of his beliefs too. And we need three. Right. Um, how, how would he feel about the empire? The idea of rebellion. I mean, he's got a kind of strong freedom streak, right? So does he feel like that's for everybody or is it just for him? Um, well, maybe he, let's see those are <laughs> those are good questions i mean I, I i and it's and it's so hard for me to like divorce my own personal opinions on these things <laughs> because i'm like of course freedom for everyone um you know and, and of course the <laughs> rebel alliance is is the 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 ship that you should back and all of that sort of thing um you know i am i'm i'm wondering though well, and, and I think maybe that's where I want, like, that search for meaning for him to go. But maybe initially, I mean, being Chiss, he would be very, um, I don't know if opposed is the right word, but but just kind of neutral, I guess, mm -hmm. in the galactic politics, you know, and, and stay stay away. So um, 
I I would I would say that his his point of view, at least initially, would be don't get involved. I like that. Actually, so so here's a really interesting thing that as you play the game, you can change beliefs. So your okay, character good, because I, I don't yeah. I don't want him to stay yeah. there. <laughs> yeah, no, no, you're not stuck with it. And that's one one of the ways that you can plumb beliefs for for the Artha for the experience is to to counteract them, so to go against them. Um, but you can't do it too many times without the the game master saying, "Okay, you you've you've gone against that three times now mm-hmm. in big ways. They've been great." But has your character grown past that? Do they believe something else now in place of that thing that you had? So maybe um, remaining neutral is uh, I'm not going to take sides in, in, in conflict. That might be his. I'm not going to take side in conflict I'm not involved in. Yeah. That yeah. might be his stance. Because I, I, I don't see him as like a, um, like a pacifist, so to speak. But mm-hmm. like if, if something's threatening him or his family or the chiss, I mm-hmm. think there'd be a strong sense of, of loyalty to, to, to family and his culture. But in the overall galactic empire and rebellion, yeah, at least initially he's just, he's just doing, doing jobs to get money. All right. I think that's good. I think that's a good three sets, uh, three sets of beliefs. For yeah. And then you get also, and here's here's another fun one. You get two um, instincts that this character has. Okay. And what an instinct is, is just a, a basic reaction that they have to the world around them. And it kind of gets, it, it lets you rewrite something that's happened. So for example, you get into a fight uh, well, actually, a really good example, going, going back to original Star Wars, right? Han is very quick to draw his blaster, right? So you could almost say, I draw my blaster at the first sign of trouble. That's like one of his instincts. Mm-hmm. And, and the way that works in game is you walk into a room, Darth Vader's there. Well, or no, Han's is probably, I shoot first, right? That's, yeah. Yeah. that's Han's belief. Yeah. I shoot first, right? So Han's belief is I shoot first, walks into a room. In Cloud City, there's Vader. What does he do? Yeah. Blasters out, shoots him. This is the first thing he does, right? And so that's an instinct, which is, it's great if it if it works to your benefit, but right? Then it can not, get you in not, trouble too. Not against Darth Vader, <laughs> right? Exactly. So he shoots, he shoots at Vader. Okay. And it's like it doesn't help, but but that's so you think of two instincts that he has that kind of tell how he reacts to things. Okay. Um, and, uh, well, so at least initially, um, my, my thought there would be, so, and I'm looking at Grand Admiral Thrawn for this cause he's, he's kind of the quintessential. Um, however, so I don't know how to translate this, but an awareness of danger, um, you know, reading the room, being able to st- calculate strategy. I would not say that he would be the, sh- I'm going to draw the blaster shoot first immediately. His would be more of a, I assess the situation and I inherently kind of know who, who my potential threats are and can calculate a, a, a response. And I okay. don't know how to, I don't know how to translate that to a, mm-hmm. to an instinct. Like spotting danger or yeah, um, yeah, I can I could see so something like um, 
I'm always hyper aware of my surroundings. Mm-hmm. I'm so yeah, you could put just hyper aware of surroundings, and then that could give. So the the mechanical advantage in game would be that if something is happening where I'm kind of trapping your characters into something, you get a perception check for it before mm-hmm. before it happens. So it's not you're not going to be okay. caught unawares completely, and you'll have something of a plan ready and un- an understanding of what's happening where other people weren't and and it's basically just that your character didn't know what was going on but they were taking in all those pieces of information right right and are ready once it does happen mm-hmm. um and then what about something to do with just um quick reflexes quick reflexes in what way um I guess I keep going back to danger and like as a pilot, you'd have to have, Mm -hmm. um, you know, if, uh, I mean, awareness would, and and awareness and reflexes, I think would be, would go hand in hand is that, you know, you'd, um, I don't know if that'd be an instinct or a skill like dexterity. Yeah. It's more, it's more just a a piloting ability and kind of, yeah, I guess that would be, yeah. Skill there. Skill more than, more than anything. Um, an instinct um do you have other examples to to kind of yeah let's see um you could do something like like a good jedi would be one of their instincts could possibly be to to talk before uh before committing to an action like that's that's their instinct is always to talk before committing to an action and so, you know, they, they do that diplomacy kind of thing first to try and get that out of the way before, uh, before they go back. Obi-Wan, I'm trying to think of a good one for Obi-Wan because he's, he's a good example of a guy with good instincts. Uh, he has like sort of that preternatural awareness. Mm-hmm. He also, though, is, he's also very good at half-truths. That's one of Obi-Wan's... <laughs> From a certain point of view. Yeah, from a certain point of view, you know, like everything is, everything is couched in, in ways that make things look more positive than they are possibly. And so that's, that's one of his instincts is to tell the good story. Well, so I mean, uh, but how, how would that like translate? So like, I guess I'm thinking I, I would want my character to be sort of a optimist, but I don't know if that would be kind of um the same thing or um is there maybe a piece of uh, like maybe this maybe because he has a ship maybe he cares a lot about that ship well i don't know we don't know if he has a ship yet we gotta we're gonna have to go back through and figure (laughs) that out he probably does but but we're gonna have to go back through and figure that out um like you could be protective of something oh uh, chewbacca would be a good one with the instinct to protect han right to Mm -hmm. To always keep Han safe, even at his own expense. That's... Well, and so so that that could work to just to be pr- protective, especially if he's if he's got um, passengers on his ship. Okay, because um, that that would fit. Um, and and, and it fits a... with with just even his his just loyalty too. Like if this is going to be his little adoptive family, just as he's delivering someone somewhere. Um. And actually, that that fits my personality too. <laughs> to be protective, to be of the protective. protective of your charge. Okay. Yeah, yeah, and and not just like of the ship, but yeah, of the of the people in the ship or the the people in his um, 
uh, mission, I guess, if you will. Okay. Sounds good. We might, we might hone that one in a little more because the, the good thing about instincts is that you want them to have like a really solid application inside of the game so that mm-hmm. when you choose to, to ignore or use an instinct, it's very, it, it, you, it's reflected in the struggle in the character, right? Where he's like, ah, I don't know. <laughs> I, I see that this would be the right thing to do at this moment because that's what I would normally do, but I am not going to step in uh-huh. to this situation or I know that this is bad for me, but this is the way I'm going to respond. Like that hyper awareness could come into play negatively, like things are not going wrong, but you've got that plan anyway. And when when asked about it, you have that plan. And that's always, you know, it's like the the Batman's prep for the Justice League when he's got like the red kryptonite and everybody's like, well, why? Uh, (laughs) Why do you have that red kryptonite? Well, because (laughs) someday (laughs) Superman might go bad. (laughs) So that's that's how that can, that kind of plays in those instincts on a, on a larger scale. Mm-hmm. All right, let's see. I'm trying to think of what else we can do that's that's really interesting and not just number crunchy for for the listeners. Do you have any questions about how the game's going to run? Um, why don't you just explain an overview of like what that what that process looks like? Okay, so um, so with this game, there's there's several different types of of play that happen, and uh, it it can be fighting there, but fighting is definitely not a major part of this game. Uh, whereas with D and D, it's kind of like you you go and you get in the next fight and you fight, and then you go and get in the next fight and you fight. Uh, with this game, it's a lot more about trying to advance those character concepts. So where we're going to start is you guys are going to be in the middle of this blockade run. You're going to have gotten onto the planet without any problem because nobody cares, you know, about a ship landing on a planet. It's not that big a deal. It's when you're trying to leave with this valuable item that, um, that Bail Organa wants that you're going to run into some trouble. And so we're going to start at that point where it's like, Oh, this is trouble. And that's kind of where the story is going to begin. And I'm debating which part of the game to start with specifically, but we're going to kind of go with each of the different, like a couple of the different settings that the story can be in. So there's Duel of Wits, which is basically just two characters are facing off with each other, trying to convince the other of something. Uh, And so one has to pick what their main point that they want to get across is. The other has to pick what their main point that they want to get across is. And then they have to figure out how they're going to get that point across to the other person. Uh, And so those can actually be really interesting because you have two characters that are at odds and they Mm -hmm. have to convince the other one of something that's happening. And that's those scenes where you get in the hallway and they're like yelling at each other about what they're supposed to be doing. And, you know, (laughs) And so that's that's that one. And then there are the fight scenes where there's actually it's mostly going to be range and cover in this one where you're going to be down a hallway shooting at somebody that's somewhere else down the hallway. And that'll be, you know, you'll want to stay behind cover as much as you can and try and get shots off. And I will tell you, in this game, uh, wounds hurt like they are not. It's not in, you know, like RPG where you just, you know throw back a, a back to back to potion or something like that. And you're good to go. Uh, stuff can actually hurt in this game pretty seriously. So you got to be really careful. Um, and then there's other, uh, there's other parts of the game that are about like 
gathering your resources and we won't be able to do as many of those because you're going to be in this very specific scenario uh but it would be you know as as a freelance pilot you've made some connections and so for some parts of the game you might be able to go back to those connections and ask for uh, some assistance or get some aid and then the turn of that is that they might come to you asking for something as well. So if you think about like uh, Hans, just such a great example for all of this stuff, because mm. Hans got the connections to, you know, the underworld, yeah. his ship is basically owned by Java at the moment because he had to, to dump, uh, dump a bunch of cargo out on his last mission. Uh, but he can go back to Java too and get, get a job or get connections with somebody else that he needs to in the underworld. And so that's kind of how, uh, that portion of it plays out. And, and really, in any of those cases, what I'll do is I'll present you guys with a problem and then you have to figure out how you want to solve it. So you'll, you know, you'll say, uh, oh, well, okay, we, uh, our characters and this NPC, this non-playing character that we're encountering, they disagree on something. Like maybe whatever this thing is that you're trying to get off the planet is controlled by someone and they don't want it to, to leave you don't necessarily have to p draw guns. You could try and convince mm -hmm. the person with the duel of wits. Hey, we need to take this. And, you know, maybe you make the whole thing so clean that nobody knows you're even there. You just get it on the ship and you fly off and that'd be great. Uh, that's not what's going to happen, but <laughs> <laughs> that would be, that would be cool. And so, so that's the kind of thing that, that, uh, so what I'm going to do is I'll just, I'll tell the first part of the story and then, you guys will pick up from there and say, okay, well, my character does this and my character is going to do this to help them or do this other thing that will help finish off my part of the story as I'm there. And so, and I'll give each one of you like a slightly different thing that you're intent on doing while you're there. So you've each been given a mission. It, overall, it works as one mission, but each of you has kind mm -hmm. of a different uh thing that you're focusing on different part of the mission that you're really intent on completing okay. too. So yeah. And it's, it's one of those things like as we play, I'll explain more of it and it'll make more sense once we get started. And so mm -hmm. you'll have your character sheet in front of you. And uh, just as a really easy example, if you guys get into a blaster fight, you'll probably have a laser pistol skill or a blaster skill or something. And as you're, as you're shooting back and forth with the other group, you'll be hiding behind cover and then dodging out and trying to shoot and rolling to see if you hit anything. And if you do, then yeah, okay, that's a success. That's the person probably backs out of the fight. Or if you don't, then maybe you hit something that you didn't intend to. And it, it, you know, something else happens and leads to a complication in the game and drives it forward. And you're, you're basically the narrative glue that kind of keeps us all together um, and I'm assuming then too, you have a, you have an end, um, your, your, your story arc has a, has an end point yes. that we're working towards. Right. Okay. Yeah. So uh, the primary goal in this one, th this one's actually going to be because we're going to do kind of a short one-off, uh, is just to do the blockade run. That's going to be sort of our, our end state is to, to figure out whether or not you guys manage to make it back off the planet with this thing that you're supposed to have. And hopefully now I'm it will nervous. end with you guys. <laughs> yeah. See, <laughs> hopefully it will end with you guys flying off into the, uh, the stellar, the, you know, the galactic sunset and um, delivering this thing back to Bail Organa. Uh, but who knows? Mm -hmm. 
there's all sorts of things that could it could it could set up even for for future uh scenarios exactly cool and that's that's kind of so i want to leave it open-ended because i don't want to say we'll we'll probably never do this again but if people love it and like it's like okay hey yeah that's this is really cool uh and i really did i went with this system because i wanted to make sure that we had kind of a a more narrative system than that we needed something you know like physical things to show where we were moving and stuff like that yep all right, and I'll I'll finish up uh, working off out the rest of the character with you. I think we got a really good start on it, though. I the last thing I want to know is the character's name. Have you picked a name yet? Jet, Jet. All right, J J E T T. And there's <laughs> a number of reasons for that. Um, first of all, and this is it sounds kind of silly, but I kind of like it. Django Fett is my favorite character, right? So if you take the J from Django and then the E T T from from Fett mush them together and you get jet but also um it it it, there's a character in legends his name is jagged fell and i really like him Ah. so i kind of like the the apparently i like guys with j names for whatever reason (laughs) um (laughs) and then there's also just the fact that i mean it's it also it fits the whole pilot mentality that i was i was thinking about a jet engine you know Mm -hmm. so it sort of it was like well yeah i just just go with it so all right jet is my character very cool and then um give him a family name too like well so that would fit with thrawn actually so so um myth well the myth myth would be the family name but okay um well, so I was having trouble uh, combining those two because actually in the the chiss language or the chiss naming scheme myth would come first and then so so for for example thrawn it's mithron nurodo is how you pronounce his name so thrawn is like the center part and that's what he that's what he's called outside of the chis ascendancy um i'm not sure if there is a family name that that ends with a j that i could i could fit with that i'd have to look that up i haven't even looked that up but but if you put jet first you could do but but then it doesn't work with the the (laughs) <laughs> the naming scheme. <laughs> so in my mind, it was sort of like this is a a name that he's chosen for himself, rather than okay. Um, if he's if he's not, if he's sort of living independent of the Chiss ascendancy, right? Um, so I like that though. That's cool. Be, be thinking of a family name because that'll give him kind of a a more of an anchor into the space, which is which is good because that's what i already feel like this character is kind of popping off this off the screen off the off the paper mm-hmm. <laughs> so this, this is good um and he, and he fits with kind of what i'm shooting for in uh in the story that we're going to be telling of of the uh of this particular event good so all right um yeah i just googled all the family names or at least the nine ruling families there's not one that ends with j unfortunately but I can I can totally choose one and go with he chose his own name. Yeah, I was gonna say that's a, yeah that's fine. He's, so he's got he's he's got an independent streak enough to mm-hmm. say uh, my name's unpronounceable by you people anyway here. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> awesome. All right, so I think I think we're good. I think that kind of gives a good sense of where we're starting from. And then when we meet next time, we'll do a really quick overview of everybody's characters. So they'll talk mm-hmm. about, you know, a little bit of the, their backstory and who they are and kind of what's, what their beliefs are and what's driving them into the story. And then I'll, I'll talk with you guys a little bit offline too, about the mechanics so that we're yep. 
we're prepped and don't have to do too much explanation, but we'll give a, a brief explanation of all the things that we're doing as we're playing through so people understand why we're rolling dice and uh, what's happening on that end. Yeah. And I, and I hope that listeners that you um, enjoyed our conversation, right? Uh, this is such a foreign thing to me. So it was fun to go through, but also it, it, it gives, it gives you a, a introduction on how we go about building characters for this kind of a, this kind of a thing. So um, yeah, we'll jump into the story next time. Absolutely. Looking forward to it. So here we go. That's it from us. Um, this is kind of our uh, build, pre-build of the characters and they get started. We'll uh, share with you some of these documents so that you can check them out. Um, but before we go too far into our closing, I'd like to take a moment to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create the secrets of Star Wars, including Kristen W., Yusuf D., Bryce P., Raphael G., and Patricia V. Their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue the secrets of Star Wars and all the shows here at StarQuest. You can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. And uh, just as a reminder, you can get our new Secrets of Star Wars t-shirt. It has an official caricature logo of all of the all of the voices that you hear on our podcast. And it is fantastic. Every one of us, when we saw it, our jaws dropped. I think we were so, so in awe. <laughs> and it's based on our nicknames. So Bendu, Mudhorn. Right. Ronan, Obi-Wan, and Jango Fett. Yeah, it's and and the artists really captured like I think not only the the different character the different characters that we're representing, but also us in like a yeah. really in a very <laughs> real way. So it's it was really cool. And um you can check it out at sqpn.com slash merch. Uh if you listen to any any of the other shows, uh there's a few others. Father, you were saying that the Secrets uh, of Star Trek. Secrets of Star Trek, Secrets of Doctor Who, and Secrets of Stargate all have um logos up. And I think they're doing more, so Stay tuned if you're looking okay, to, cool. um, I think they're, they want to make one at least for Jimmy Akin's mysterious world. And I imagine oh, the fun. others too. So I, I think more is coming. All right. Awesome. So be, be checking that out. Uh, we do have some more merch, uh, stuff that's coming, uh, all the time, pretty much. It's there, there's some new stuff going up on there. So, uh, it's a great way to help support all the stuff that we do and have some, awesome swag to walk around and talk about it too <laughs> so to find previous episodes of the secrets of star wars please do visit sqpn.com slash star wars uh next time we'll be back in a couple of weeks we're going to actually tell the story uh of these characters and their mission that they've been given by bail organa uh to go into a federation owned or a previously federation uh world and extract something for his budding rebellion uh so until next time uh, Father Andrew, thank you. It's been fun. Absolutely. This is super exciting. I can't wait. Okay. Uh, thanks again for joining me tonight. Uh, my name is Thomas Enrujo, and this has been Secrets of Star Wars. Secrets of Star Wars.